service. They used to sing that old song, glad to be in God's service. And, and I'm glad to be in service for the kingdom. I'm glad to be in service at Rack. I'm glad to be here in the presence of the Lord today. So we continue today with um, our discipleship lesson on reframing work. Uh, today we're going to talk about being gifted for a purpose and uh, help us realize that we all have a part in the body. We all have a part. First Peter 4 and 10 says this, and I appreciate Peter's instruction here to the church. And you'll see if you notice, uh, I mentioned this while it's on my mind, that when you read through the letters that the apostles wrote to the church, that you will see, uh, of course, the main theme is Christ, but you'll see that almost every single one of them in some fashion mentions that the church is gifted and that individuals and saints are gifted and have a purpose uh, in some form, maybe in a little different wording, but they all make sure that the church understands that God didn't save you and set you in a trophy case to be looked at until he got back, but uh, he gifted us with things that are usable and things that make a difference, things that can impact and things that can change. And, and so uh, Peter writes here, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let's pray for our lesson this morning. Lord, thank you for your word, the encouragement it brings, the instruction that we have from it. Let us just gain understanding and wisdom today that we can grow in grace and in the knowledge of you, that we can be better workers for the kingdom. We're going to praise you for it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated. And thank God that he chose you for the work. You can be seated this morning. So, as Peter says here, number one is every man, that's everybody, all including now, ladies, that doesn't cut you out. Whenever it refers to, there are specific gender scriptures, sure, but uh, when writing to the church, uh, and when he says, is every man hath received the gift, that's inclusive of the women, men, children, young people. Paul wrote to Timothy, don't let any man despise your youth. So uh, it wasn't because of age or gender that these things were given. And I do believe that God has given gifts to uh, all the church. Any, if you feel the Holy Ghost, how, how can, you know, a lot of people, well, women, you know, they, really, they don't get that gift, but... Uh, women are full of spiritual gifts because they're full of the Holy Ghost. Because you don't get a non-gifted Holy Ghost. It, it comes with non-spiritual gifts when you get it. So every man hath received the gift. Now, do you hold it? What do you do with a gift when you get it? And if it's you know if it's something you've been uh, wanting, uh, you use it. Whatever it is. If it's if you got a crock pot, you've opened it, and now you're gonna cook with it. Or either if you don't cook, you might set it up, but you are missing out on divine dinner because crock pot cooking is good. Yeah. 
We use ours a lot. But or if it's a wrench, a, a drill, you know, you're like, I've been needing this. Go, go put it where a saw, whatever it is. Uh, you know, you're going to take it and use it for the purpose it was designed for, um, unless you know, uh, you know, it's one of those gifts that nobody ever uses, like a you know, uh, one of the things. Oh, yeah, a red maker. Okay, I don't use them. You know, I would if I can't buy some sunbeam or something, I'm in trouble. Uh, but what I'm trying to see is that uh, we can understand just through that natural knowledge what uh, we see happen with gifts after they are given, even if they're not wrapped. You still open the package, open the box, you open the ability of what was given, so it can be used. And so every man received. Every, even so, minister. Now, use it. Minister the same one to another. Uh, we don't neglect people. One thing about our gift is that it will be used to affect lives. You are called to be light of the world, salt of the earth. We are witnesses. Be ready always to give to any man who asks an answer. You know, we are called to minister to people, to the flock, to the sheep. You know, uh, so when you get this gift, you understand it's not for your personal gain. It is not so you can pin a, a tag on you or, or set yourself up or try to make yourself to be of some reputation. God gave you something, uh, number one, to glorify him. We're supposed to uh, shine a light so that people can see our good works and glorify him. When the man in the, the parable in, in Matthew with the talents, he distributes talents to three servants according to their abilities. And when he comes back, he wants to know, what have you done with what I gave you? Knowing that what he gave had the ability to multiply, to expand, to, uh, and ultimately it was for him. And so uh, we minister the same, take this gift, the gift that God gives you. Don't try to take somebody else's gift. Now a lot of people will have the same gifting, but you have to use your gifting. He said, well, every man has received a gift, even so minister the same. Minister with what God has given you. So we're seeing a lot of lesson right here in one verse of Scripture that every man has been given a gift. Every gift has function, has purpose for other individuals. He said, minister the same one to another. Uh, man, don't, you know, don't be stingy. Share. You know, I, I, I'll admit, when I was a kid and I got gifts, I wanted them to be mine. I wanted to lock them up in my room and keep them safe and protect them. But, uh, yeah, wave your hand. My brother, you know, also coveted my, my, my gift and destroyed it. But what I'm saying is that, you know, in the body, you know, you can't hold back what God's gave you because if you do, someone will go without. And that is a fearful thing. 
And that is a regretful thing. And that is something that I don't want to ever have laid upon me is that uh, God says, I gave you a word to speak and you did not. Or I gave you this gift and you never used it. And, and you never, uh, you know, and, and because of that, uh, let me just turn your eyes this way and look at these that missed out because you didn't use what I gave you. And so because then he says we minister one to another as good stewards. We are supposed to be good stewards of what God has given us of the manifold grace of God. Paul said it was by the grace of God that I am what I am. So uh, that gifting that, that God gives you comes through grace. It does, you didn't earn it. It comes through grace. And it will make you who you are. And it will help make other people who they are supposed to be. We all influence one another. Iron sharpens iron. And uh, we're not, uh, you know, we may be different uh, genders. We may be different cultures. We may be all kind of, there's a lot of differences we can look at. But when you get into this body, we're all in one body by one spirit. And now we, iron sharpens iron. And so we need to make sure and understand that, you know, we have a responsibility to our brother and sister. Never underestimate that that power that love has. And I'm not talking about uh, romantic love. I'm talking about when you love people the way Jesus loves people. Because he said, Oh, no man, anything but to love one another. And I'm going to tell you something. That is one gift that everybody gets when they come into the body. When you are born again and you are filled with his spirit, let me tell you, number one, right off the bat on the top, love. And so, uh, you know, so uh, you know, and I understand about being shy, and I understand about being introverted, and 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 liking to just, you know, not talk very much or be to yourself. But, but you just have got to learn that you cannot contain that, wrap it up, box it up, keep it sealed. You have got to, because you owe it. You owe it. And the Bible says you need to pay what you owe. If you owe something, you need to take care of it. You need to make it right. And so everybody, owe no man anything but to love one another. That is the way that the world knows that we are his disciples when they see us love one another. So you cannot shut that up and, and shut that compassion up. You need to make sure that, that in these giftings, in these things that God has given you, there's purpose for us in the body. And that is what will make the body function the, the best is when every single member realizes what their gifting is and begins to work in that gifting. And when you have uh, love, the scripture says love covers a multitude of sin. It'll, it'll look past faults and it'll see needs. It'll, look, it'll, it'll see things in a true light. When you have that kind of love, you will be long-suffering. Because you will see people and, you will, and that love will say, you know what, people are people. Because in your mind, when you see somebody do something, that they fall, they do something wrong and do something you know that's not godly, you're in your mind and your flesh, you're going to go, mm-hmm, you're going to get yours. And then that love will go, that could have been you. You realize that, that that person is only flesh and blood also, don't you? You realize that that person is someone in need of, of Christ and his blood and his mercy also, right? You, you do get that, don't you? And so you get slapped around a little bit. You get popped 
and straightened up, the Spirit will say, ah, that's not the attitude, love. Because if Jesus loves them, so must I. Oh, I don't have to love everybody Jesus loves. Ah, how can you not love the thing? Your servant's not greater than his master. He didn't get to pick and choose. I've got to love them too. So, uh, uh, and that love can make such a difference. When you have compassion, it says on some, it makes a difference. And uh, one of the uh, greatest uh, writers, preachers throughout the New Testament, I think that he became and stepped into the fullness of his gifting, not only because of the calling that God put on his life, but because there was a man who reached out to him. Uh, When we read through the scripture about Saul of Tarsus, we realize what a tyrant he was to the church. And uh, later through the scriptures, he testifies and makes mention of things that he did concerning his persecution of the church. And, and you can't imagine, now you, you think about Paul that wrote that great uh, letter uh, talking about what all love could do. And that's what we see. And that's why how good the grace of God is and how good God can change a life. But when you let your mind and your imagination start thinking back to how he persecuted chased people with letters, kicked open doors of houses and drug people out so they could be stoned to death. Paul, the one who said, who wrote about love, Paul had a past, just like everybody has a past. And Paul made mistakes and he did things in ignorance and he, and he stood by and watched. Watched Stephen preach a message, preach about God, Preach about the Savior. And then he stood there and watched as the rocks took the breath from his body. That's Paul. And so when Paul gets his conversion, and a whole lot of people wants to deal with him. Oh, I'm, I, I believe in Christ now. Yeah. Maybe you're just trying to get in. Maybe you're trying to play the spy. You're going to try to infiltrate us from the inside. And and so nobody would have anything to do with him. But one day Barnabas finds him. And Barnabas was the, uh, the, the son of consolation or he was an encourager. And somehow... Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas finds Paul and, and they begin to talk and, and he's trying to tell his story, I guess. And, and Barnabas says, let me, let me take you up to see Peter and James and, and let me vouch for you. Let me stand for you. And don't, I know you feel alone right now, Paul, because all the Jews won't kill you now because you've done backed away from persecuting Christ and now all the Christians are hiding from you because of what you used to do. Paul was a very lonely man, but he was called of God and he was full of the Holy Ghost and God wanted to use him, but all the doors were slamming shut. But one man had to swallow that fear, realize that that he wasn't wasn't just called the son of consolation for no reason. It was because there was a gifting in him to be an encourager. And he encouraged uh, Paul, and uh, he brought him to, to the apostles and, and told them, look, he's on the up and up, he's, he's straight, he's good, and listen to what he's got to say. And, and slowly but surely, Paul began to be accepted. And we thank God for it because we probably preach more from Paul's uh, letters and verses in the New Testament than we do any. 
I'm thankful that somebody like Barnabas would use their gifting and realize that, uh, you know, well, I'm just an encourager, but realize that he could step into a place, took his life in his hands and, and reached out to Paul. What if Paul had been really trying to trick him? It could have been his life, and maybe he was just trying to find out where everybody was hiding. He took a chance, used his gifting, and realized, Paul, you're my brother. And so he ministered what God had given him one to another. And what a difference it made because it opened the door up for Paul to begin his ministry. Every single one of us today, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, has unique giftings. A gifting according to our ability, individuals. What you have uh, can work, will work, should be working in the body. And so when you first read about Barnabas, before he, uh, uh, you know, we, we read about him helping Paul, but before that, uh, or you read about him, you know, how he sold land. That's one of the big things a lot of people remember that he had some land, he sold it, then he, he just came and laid the money down at the apostles' feet. He was, he was giving, he was supporting widows and orphans. He was, he was an encourager. It was an extension of his gift to, to bless people and to help people and to help the church and to help the work. It was an encouragement. Don't you think that when they knew they had needs and they saw somebody come in and lay that down, that they thought, man, what a, how wonderful this is that somebody believes in the work so much that they would do this. And so uh, you think about how uh, Paul was encouraged uh, by Barnabas and what he did and, and how he reached out to him. And, and that was a lesson now for Paul because he's new. And now Paul's got to learn how to minister his gift to somebody else and mentor somebody else. And we, we see him doing that uh, later with Timothy a lot of but he's taking time with Timothy, developing him into a great minister. So again, our opening scripture, as each one has received that gift, we've gotten that gift from God, then we need to use it. We need to minister through it one to another as good stewards. Be good stewards of what God has given you. There's no, uh, you know, just little insignificant gift in the Scripture. Now, I know that uh, we say this and we talk about every part of the body is important. And, and I know that today in this world, people have manipulated their bodies. And they, they you know, we think, I'm, I'm telling you, I want to keep all I got. And the older I get, it seems the more there is. But, but I do understand that, you know, today, people are like, well, just give your kidney. You can live with one. Get rid of the, cut part of your liver off. You can do that. You know, they, they, they figured out how to chop that natural body up and keep going. But God gave you all that. And in the, the natural body, uh, you may be able to get away with some things like that. But in this spiritual body, I'm going to tell you, everybody has a purpose. Everybody is important. I don't, from the youngest to the oldest, how, how have we been encouraged by children? Even Jesus talked about how precious children were and, and for such were the kingdom of heaven. And, and we've watched little kids in our midst uh, receive the Holy Ghost and worship and, and kind of excite us and encourage us sometimes to watch them with tears running down their cheeks just crying out to God. And, and so... It doesn't matter. When you get into this thing, realize now, okay, this, if you want to sit back and be a spectator, you can. 
but that does not mean you don't have a gift. There's a lot of people that have uh, ability that don't do nothing. There's a lot, I've heard people say before, you know, oh, so-and-so, he, you know, he could make, be making a great living. He just won't do nothing. I said, man, y'all, I've seen him, you know, take an engine and tear it down and build it back up and run like a sewing machine. He could do it. He just don't, he's lazy. He don't want to do nothing. It's not that he doesn't have ability. He just won't work. And God has given us gifting so we could work in the body so the body could function the way it wants to. What if every single member of this body had its own ability to think and decide what it, now it may feel like that. Sometimes you think, well, my, my feet just ain't working today or, you know, or, or something. You, know, it's, you, you feel like that sometimes. I, I got up this morning, got all the way here, realized I didn't have my glasses. You all see me trying to study that book like that so I, could, so I can read it with my natural eyes. It's, you know, my eyes didn't want to work, so I, I got something to help them. But well, I would say, what if you, know, you just woke up one morning and, and you get a little impulse to the brain and says, hey, by the way, kidney said he ain't working today. He's taking the day off. Hey, <laughs> uh, I, I need him now. You know, uh, he said he ain't coming in. He's sleeping. You know, it just, it, you'd be in trouble. The body's not working the way it should because part of it ain't working. Or you don't wake up and you get a little message that says, oh, by the way, the heart inside of he wasn't coming in today. <laughs> you know, so what about this body? Why do we get to decide, hey, I'm not working today? Hey, I, you know what? Man, it's been a long week. It's been hard. It's been tough. Uh, did it change the fact what Jesus did for you? Has it changed his love for you? Has it changed that he washed your sins away, saved you from a devil's hell? Does it change the fact that he filled you with the Holy Ghost? It don't change the fact that he's gone away to prepare a place for you. It don't change a single thing in his mind. Except now he's got to try to wake you up. So when we don't come in... How does it affect the body? Does it? I believe it does. I believe it does. I believe that uh, that's why he lets us know that all of us have received a gift. All of us are part of the body. And uh, each member is important. Every single member is important. That's why we need to make sure when people are coming in and visitors are coming in, new people are coming in, that we reach out to them, that we perform that duty of owe oh, no man anything but to love one another. We love them. We let them know how important they are. We're glad they're here because you might just be looking at the next choir member, the next Sunday school teacher, the next evangelist. You might be looking at another uh, minister. You, you have no idea what's about to open up in their life or what you might do to help them. How you might be the one that, that encourages you. You might be like a Barnabas that is going to encourage somebody. Uh, you listen to them talk a little bit and realize, man, they've got something good to say. And, and you start working with them, encourage them. And before you know it, man, they're, they're off and running. They're preaching. They're going. They're doing things for God. And it's not so you can get the glory, so God can get the glory, so they can do what they're supposed to do. So the body will be better and perform to his peak performance. We want the body to be the best. We are the body of Christ. And guess what? They are no unnecessary parts here. No unnecessary parts. You know, in this natural body, there's things, you know, it's like, man, it's just, sometimes it's just 
a drudgery, you know, to you know, maintenance. Wouldn't just be a, why can't the body just stay in good health and perfect? It don't. You know, and so you have to uh, maintain it. You have to keep it clean, especially. Everything works better when it's clean. Brush your teeth. Take a bath. Wash your hair. Put clean clothes on, clean smelling clothes on. Change your socks, for goodness sake. Do, you know, uh, make sure you take care of things that can get bad. Because uh, people got to sit next to you. They don't want you. It's hard to pray for, or for somebody to receive your prayer. If they can't hear what you're saying through the fog that's coming out of your mouth. Hey, just hygiene, man. That's temple of the Holy Ghost. Take care of it. Take care of it. That's that's not that's not being silly. That's the truth. God didn't design us to be nasty. He, we, that's not a good representation of Him. Hey, I understand. Somebody out, they got a house living in the gutter somewhere. They're not going to look like somebody that's got their own home and access to showers and things like that. I understand that. Not saying that they aren't loved and that they aren't important. But once uh, that is made available, use it. That's the way it works. That's the way you do it. Each one has received a gift. And so there are spiritual workings and physical workings. You realize it takes physical work. To help the church go. It does. It takes support. It takes people working together. This movement. This of the kingdom. Is not just uh, constrained to one organization. Or to one building. In one locale. But this movement across the globe. Around. I'm going to say around the globe. In case there's any flat earth people hanging around. Around the globe. Wherever they are, it takes support of people praying. It takes financial support. It takes people saying, hey, I can build. I can work. I, you know, there are a group of people, men will get together and go to another country, and they'll stay two or three weeks, and they, they build schools and buildings and church houses, and they do that because God gave them the ability to be builders, carpenters, and, they, and so they've got that gift, in it, and it's got to be more than just earning a living, but they're doing something for the kingdom. Yes, God gave you that so you could make a living. But he didn't give it to you just, I promise you, the door will open for you to be helpful, to be useful, to just do something by grace. God does a lot of stuff to us, all things to us by grace. And sometimes it's going it's to open it. Well, not just, it's going to come to you that you will have an opportunity to operate by grace. That you'll just, hey, I got it. I'll do that. And, and take care of somebody. So uh, Paul, uh, as as we just read, uh, talking about him, he writes now. He's he's must he caught a lesson somewhere, and so he uh, writes to the Corinthians in First Corinthians twelve and eleven. But one and the same Spirit is the work that all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. In other words, the Spirit of God uh, is uh, dividing these things up and distributing each. To every individual as he wills. The Spirit of God gives people gifts. After we receive the Holy Ghost, you shall receive power. We get, uh, we get some of God's ability. We get some of that uh, ability to love people, to work with people, to be long-suffering. We get the, the fruit of the Spirit, so to say. That we don't get to 
you know, create worlds and, and things like that. That's not the power he's talking about, but we get that character of God. And so uh, when God gives us these kind of things, we have to realize I need to work with what God has given me. I need to realize that I have a purpose and, and see, Lord, what is my purpose? And, and don't feel like, oh, don't, don't fall into that comparison game. Well, well my purpose ain't as good as everybody else's. And, and you, know, I, you know, oh, it, but it is. But it is. Oh, I, you know, uh, my purpose just don't, it don't have, it, it's not out in front. It's not on top. It's not where everybody can see it. I tell you, let one little old bolt go missing out of that engine. Car looks good. The engine looks good. All of a sudden, it, everything breaks down because that one little old screw that didn't think it was very much wasn't there. Needed it. Needed it to hold this in place because when this went, this went. When that went, that went. And now everything's locked up. We all have a purpose. And so we need to realize that because uh, people get low self-esteem and that will hinder people. And they will convince themselves that they don't have a gift. I'm not, I'm, I'm not as important as everybody else. I'm not like everybody else. I, I'm, I'm awkward, and I, I, don't, I don't work in a crowd good, and so I, I, I just can't do everything. I, I'll be there. I'll sit around, but I just can't work because you know, I'm, just, I'm weird. No, you're not. Well, you might be weird, but you're still important <laughs> to the body. You might eat strange things or do stuff like that, but, but, you, but you're still important to the body, and, and you matter to the body. And, and, then, and then it can get to the other side of the coin. Sometimes pride, if we're not careful, will convince us to see our gifts as our own just talent. We, we're a natural. Uh, it's, my, it's mine. And then we take credit for what we're doing ourselves. Like we just... You know, the golden child, you know, we just, that's us, that's who we are. But we can't get arrogant with these kind of things. You have to realize that every ability uh, comes from God. James said it like this in James 1 and 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Do you look at what you do uh, as on, as your, on your occupation Maybe uh, if you're an electrician or maybe you're a car, we got carpenters and, and even people that drive trucks and, and things because just, everybody just can't get in one of them big old trucks and ride. They, some folks can't drive a regular car. I know they can't drive one of them big trucks. So, uh, you know, whether you can wire things or build things or, or measure, you know, uh, do you see that as a gift? You should because everybody can't do it. And, and you say, well, somebody trained me to do it. But, you know, I've seen people go through training that still can't do it because it's not their gift. Because a person that's trained to do it is very mechanical. A person who's gifted in it is natural. You know, it's, uh, you, well, it's like I said the other day, I, I went up there and I built that little platform. And I have watched people. And do it. I am not a carpenter. I promise you, I am not. That is not in my gifting and that is not me. But I said, I think I can do this. And so it took me forever because every single thing I had to do, I had to think about it for 10 or 15 minutes before I could do it instead of people who could just walk in there and they die, 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 and for, you know, it's, it's done. 
I know that it took me all day. If it took me all day, a person who knew what they was doing, two hours. I, I guarantee you that could have been. But, but that's because they flow in it. They know it. that's what they do. They don't even have to think about it. They eyeball it. They look at it. I know what I got to do right here. It's just their mind's already working in that way because that's their gifting. And that's the way we get a gift. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. And it said, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That means uh, God gives these gifts on people and, and into their life so it can work. It's just like if, if the sun was shining bright today, which it don't look like it is, but if we both walk out there, the sun's going to hit us both. It's coming from above. It's going to hit us both. It's that, that's the way God gives these gifts. He just pours them out on people. They come from him. That God shines those gifts perfectly into our life. If we both walk out there, it's not like I'm standing there and saying, hey, how come the sun ain't hitting me? It is hitting me, and it's hitting you too. And when God gives gifts, he gives them to every man. That means they're falling on every man. Now, you know what will happen? The sun might affect me different than you. You might turn red. I'll get darker. Depending on, you know, it's the same sun, but it, it, it works out. It works out differently. And, and when that, all these, this Holy Ghost comes down that brings these giftings, it falls on people, and, and it works differently in everybody's life. It does. It, it, it works differently. And that's the way we, we need to understand that God is trying to work through us. I'm pouring all these things out so people can work for the kingdom, do a work. Because I'm coming back one day. I'm trying to get things done. But I'm trying to get it done through my church, through my people, through my body. And so he's, I mean, I, I can see him sitting on, uh, on the edge looking down and saying, hey, get to work. Wake up, sleepyhead. Get to work. Start doing, stop hiding and start working, start doing what I need you to do because you don't even know uh, how that, that one person you're supposed to reach or that one thing you're supposed to say or that, maybe it's that one thing that you're supposed to do. I mean, Stephen preaches one message. He's out. But it was important. It was important. It was important for Philip uh, to the leave a revival, that was, a great revival that was going on to go catch one man riding across the desert. I wonder who that eunuch affected after he got to where he was going. I wonder how many people he told about his experience and how many people were converted because of him uh, and because one man would listen to God and walk away from revival. Oh, don't call me out of the spotlight. But God might need you out of the spotlight to get you in a desert place so you can reach an individual, reach somebody that's not like you and, and teach somebody that maybe they're reading but they just don't know. God will use you because you're gifted. He knew that Philip, why, there was other apostles there, other disciples there. Why didn't he send somebody else? Because Philip was the man. You're the one for this, buddy. Go. Maybe it's because Philip could run. I don't know. Maybe he was fast. Maybe he knew, had a good thing. I don't know why he chose Philip, but he did. And Philip knew what to say. Hey, he hears him reading something. He's like, you know, what if it had been somebody, that, oh, don't worry. Hey, Philip, you stay here. I'll go. And he gets down there, and the guy goes, hey, is this man talking about himself or somebody else? And he goes, I have no idea. What are you reading anyway? What if it was somebody who wasn't supposed to be there? But he thought, I'll just go because God says for somebody to go. You go where God puts you. You go where God wants you to go, and you work in your gifting. And Philip was the man who had the answer, and so he went. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Also, uh, 
Romans 11, 29, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Uh, that means God don't uh, take, take them back. You know that God gives people abilities. He gives them things that they can use, things that great talents and giftings and, and blessings in their lives. And many people will turn these and use these for secular purpose and so they can have worldly success. We, we see this uh, uh, you know, and, and even then, God doesn't, doesn't take it from them. But it almost always destroys them. Because it's used in the wrong place. You see it most of the time in like music and singing. You, you, you read about a lot of these uh, singers, how that, uh, they were raised in churches. They, they got to start singing in choirs and singing for churches. And, and somebody heard that voice. And somebody said, hey, you ought to come. You know, maybe you ought to come to Nashville and, and let this person hear you. And, and so they start talking to them. Before you know it, they, hey, you know, you can make a lot of money doing what you're doing. And, and before you know it, they, they're not singing in church anymore, but they're singing on the radio. They're making videos. They're singing in concerts. And they're, they're getting rich. And they're getting rich. And now they're, they're on drugs. And now they're dead. But you know where they got that voice? They got it from God. You know, they got that talent. They got it from God. And, and God gave them that. And, and they know that God gave them that. But, but that money gets them. Well, that's something they, they, they turn around and use it for the wrong purpose. And, oh, it's selling all kind of records and all kind of things. And, but, but it ain't glorifying God. And now they have nothing. And now they're in the ground maybe. And, and, uh, or their lives are in ruin. And. And, uh, you know, or nobody even knows where they are anymore because they burn out because it just lasted for a little while. It wasn't intended for temporary use. It was intended to have an eternal purpose, and you're not using it for that. Our God-given gifting, giftings come with the responsibility that we should work for him. And when God gives us something that we can do, you're going to find a place where you can use it for him. You know, uh, they came to get Peter and said, we need you to come pray for Dorcas she, she, uh, all these widows start showing. Hey, look at all these coats that she. So evidently, she could sew. And so, I'm sure she probably sewed for income. She probably made some money and, and fed her family and did things. But she made. She saw a need. There's widows, and there's people that who don't have. And so she started uh, sewing coats. And they were showing Peter. Look, we've got to have her back because look at all what she's done for us. How she's blessed us with her her hands. She's worked and. And uh, didn't say she ever preached to them, didn't say anything like that, just said she blessed them with what she could do. And so God saw fit to raise her from the dead. And oh, they were so happy because this lady that was being a blessing, they weren't being ugly or selfish like, oh, hey, we got to keep our coat maker around. They, They felt the love and compassion from this woman. Because in a time when uh, they needed something, she was there and she was willing. Uh, to do something to, to bless them and to help them. So uh, remember, when God gives you a gifting like that, sometimes he's going to open the door. Yeah, he wants you to provide for your family, take care of your family so they can eat and things like that, but he's going to provide a time where, hey, you could help that person, and that door will be open, and you'll have a, a res- not just a chance, but you'll have a responsibility to do that. Scripture says for us not to just look at somebody and say, Oh, yeah, go, be filled and be warmed. Right. What did that do? He said, faith without works right. is dead. So, uh, you know, Barnabas, though, he, he's an encourager. And he, man, is it already almost time to be done? 
I'm having too much fun today. Uh, you know, Barnabas was, uh, even being in a curse, whatever you do, sometimes it won't always be easy. So Barnabas and Paul, no doubt, become great brothers and great friends, and they, they're working together and um, just traveling together, doing things together. But one time they take uh, John Mark with them, and then all of a sudden John Mark just says, I'm out. Well, the next time, Barnabas says, hey, let's take Mark. Paul said, no way. He ain't going with us. He bailed out last time. He's not going. And the dissension between them got so tough that they split ways. And so Barnabas left and took Mark with him and went on. But, but you know, later on, Paul would write to Timothy and say, hey, take Mark and bring him with you for he's profitable to me for the gospel. And then Mark would eventually end up writing the gospel of Mark. And so, uh, you know, Paul had to see, you know, hey, even though we had a disagreement before, we're all part of this body. And as we're different parts of the body, you know, it's like, like a puzzle. You have a uh, hundred piece, a hundred piece puzzle. They're all different, separated pieces, but they all make up the same picture. They're all needed to complete the picture. And so we're all different pieces, but we're all needed to complete because we're workers together. There is something that joins us. And that, that spirit that's inside of us, it makes us one. And it joins us to him and it joins us to the body. And it makes us part of the bride. And, and so we don't get to step out and be just uh, unique, independent individuals in the body because we've got to work together. That doesn't mean that people who don't have their own flair, their own taste. You know, some people you know, like dogs, some like cats. This is what they do. You know, people have their taste. That's all right. That's not what I'm saying. But you don't get to be your own church. You don't get to be the only bride. We're all part of the bride. And so uh, that comes with giftings. That comes with responsibilities. And uh, we need to realize that when God gives us a gift, it's for a reason. You read in the Old Testament when they're building. Honey, you can come on to the music. I'm fixing to stop. I know I'm right on the line right here. But in the Old Testament, as uh, they were built, getting ready to build the tabernacle and God was giving them plans, there were men that uh, God had put uh, wisdom and understanding so they would know how to do manner, all manner of work, it said, for the, the sanctuary, for the service of the sanctuary. They knew how to... Uh, set stones. They knew how to work with metal. They knew how to carve. And and now they didn't just know how to do that all of a sudden. But from a child, they were taught that art and taught that craft. And and God gave them wisdom to be good at it. And so I'm sure they worked with it and earned a living with it. But then there came a time where God needed it. And it said all these men were ready and willing. They worked and they built and, and put the temple together and, and, and created the furniture and, and covered it and, and you know, put the gold and the silver and the brass and made the rings and put all the, the tapestries together. Everything they had to do, everything they had to do, God had already given them that ability. Do what you got to do. Make your living. One day I'm going to need you. And so he called them, and they, and they came, and they worked well, and they worked, and they built, and they did what they could do. And they put the tabernacle together. Because everybody, I'm sure as they were leaving Egypt, they were probably like way in the back, you know, just leaving with everybody else, part of the crowd. But one day, God said, now I need you. So don't ever think you're just part of the crowd. 
and that God won't ever call on you, that God won't ever open a door for you because your gifting will make room for you. And one day that, that gifting is going to open up just like it did for Barnabas to speak to Paul. And then it did for Paul to speak to young men like Timothy. And he encouraged him to not neglect the gift that's in you by the laying on of my hands. He said, don't neglect that gift, Timothy. You use that gift. And don't, don't let any man despise your youth and, and tell you that uh, you're too young and, and too inexperienced. Everybody's at a different level of experience. But God will use his people right where they need to be. Let's stand together this morning. I'm glad to be part of the body. And I'm glad that I'm not just here taking up space. I want to help somebody. I want to encourage somebody. I want to be able to speak a word of faith to somebody. You know, a lot. I know that social media has its evils. There's, there's no doubt about that. It probably a lot more evil on it done than good, I'm sure. But if David could take Goliath's sword that was meant for him and cut off the head of Goliath, why can't we do that with social media? It destroys so many people, but you know, some people really know how to create things on there and do stuff. How about you want you use that for the kingdom? Create images and pictures and things, you know, uh, make a ministry out of it. Send, sending messages to people, sending videos to people that are encouraging and letting them know, hey, I love you and I'm praying for you. If, you, you know, if it's easier for you to do that than, than actually talk to somebody, then express it like that. But use what you got. Use what you got for the kingdom of God. Because the body's going to work together when we all work together. There's nothing like... You, know, you, you have an, an automobile. Take the engine out. But leave the battery hooked up and the lights will come on. But it won't run. Oh, but the lights come on. The radio's playing. A lot of things are happening here still won't go nowhere will it because it needs the motor we need you the body needs us this body of, of believers around guess what around this world need a, every part of the body wherever they are today needs to be working for the kingdom because it's, we're all part of that same support let's lift our hands and just thank the Lord for it this morning ask him to just help you identify your purpose your place Precious Jesus, we thank you for calling us, calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light, for making us part of this body, for using us for your glory. Lord, there's many gifts and talents given. Help us to see where we fit, what we can do so that the body can work great together. Help us to love one another, to be there for one another, to encourage one another. Lord, to, to mentor, whatever it takes, God, but to disciple people. Teach them to be more like you. Let us be thoroughly furnished unto good works and do what you've called us to do. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise in this house today. And be thankful. If you've ever been chosen for something, you know, something that you really wanted, it's a big, it's a big deal. Get chose for a team or chosen a class or but you know what? To get chosen for this, to be called out and chosen for this work of the gospel. No greater calling anywhere, no greater choosing anywhere. So make sure you 
Thank God for that today. God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service.